0: And welcome to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope all is well. Here we are again, another episode. And boy, I tell you what, this one's a special one. Well, of course, every episode is special. I mean, I would, I basically say that about every episode, okay? that That's the truth. But this one is right out of Ripley's Believe It or Not. And we're talking about Roger Stone. That's right. We have an interview, an exclusive interview with Roger Stone. And why is it Ripley's Believe It or Not? Because this just in... Look, if you need smelling salts, liberals, I get it. So have a seat when I say this. But Roger Stone has found Jesus. That's right. And guess what? Seems pretty authentic to me, very authentic as a matter of fact. We're going to have a conversation with Roger Stone today on the pod's Honest Truth. Now look, uh, when it comes to Ripley's Believe It or Not, uh, we know it's all about bizarre events, things that uh, you just can't believe actually happen, like, I don't know, like me eating healthy. Uh, here, here's an example that uh, would be in the Believe It or Not Ripley's Museum. How about Donald Trump as a senior pastor of a church, maybe Nancy Pelosi saying a line like, you know, Mr. President, I think you belong on Mount Rushmore. Those type of incidents, those type of lines, those type of moments would be in Ripley's Believe It or Not. And now we have a new entree, no entree, an entry. Now an entree, see, I'm hungry, so I say an entree, but it's an entry Uh, and it's Roger Stone, finding Jesus. And so you'll hear about uh, all that today. It's about a 30-minute or so conversation, 25-30 minutes or so. He's in Fort Lauderdale, self-quarantined down there uh, because of obviously the coronavirus. And we will talk about the coronavirus actually with Roger Stone too. Uh, But he'll go through his conversion story. It has to do with a Franklin Graham rally, uh, and that is very interesting. And the Billy Graham Bible that he received after giving his life to Christ uh, and then, of course, we all know about the controversy and the charges uh, that he uh, is obviously dealing with now. He's facing three years in jail uh, because of witness tampering, uh, and other other charges related to uh, the now debunked theory that the Trump administration uh, actually colluded with russia but anyhow that's a whole nother podcast for a whole other time uh so he'll talk about that though there is a gag order on the case so we can't technically talk about his specific case but i do ask him about michael flynn paul manafort about a potential pardon uh, and we'll get into all of that and of course the president as well he'll talk extensively about the president and quite frankly talk a little bit uh about uh whether or not trump was meant to be in place in America for such a time as this, right there at the White House. Uh, I think you'll be interested to hear his comments on that. Now, of course, we know there are gonna be skeptics. Got it, understood. Um, they're, they're gonna be skeptics that say, give me a break, Roger Stone, you're a player, you're a fraud, the whole thing. He will address those comments as well. And look, we are just the news, right? And here are just the news, we are gonna give you the news. And guess what, the news is Roger Stone Has found Jesus. Now, at that point, listen to his story. Make up your own mind. Do your own research. You don't have to take Roger Stone's word for it. You don't have to take my word for it. You know, listen to what uh, he says and then come to your own conclusion. And of course, we know that in the Bible, it talks about a changed life means more fruit. In other words, fruit coming from uh, their life, a changed life, uh, a life that, uh, in essence, uh, really is a 180, From what they or a person was doing before. For example, Chuck Colson is a great example. You know, Chuck Colson, the special prosecutor for Richard Nixon, considered the hatchet man during Watergate, uh, went to jail the whole nine yards. Uh, And then, of course, we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, and that is, is that he became an evangelical Christian, gave his life to Christ. And it wasn't just that. Uh, Afterwards, he started prison Fellowship Ministry, a huge organization in this country that has led to a lot of changed lives, a lot of changed souls, and a lot of people getting out of drug rehab as well. Anyhow, bottom line is Chuck Colson really radically changed his life after giving his life to Christ, and so Roger Stone at the age of 67 uh, looking to make it turn about as well, and he'll talk about uh, the Chuck Colson conversion. Uh, He actually knew Chuck uh, back from the days uh, in um, in the Nixon administration. So all of that on the podcast today. Also, what's next for Roger Stone? He talks about proselytizing, but not in the way you think. He talks about it from a political perspective with Donald Trump. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so lots to be done here on justthenews.com. Once again, download, subscribe to this podcast. Look, we're doing newsmakers all the time. I mean, my goodness, can I go through the litany? Can, I mean, can can I do that? I don't know who I'm waiting to hear from. I guess it's me. So sure, David, go ahead. Thank you. Look, we've had Vice President Mike Pence on this podcast. We've had Ben Carson. I'm doing this all off the top of my head. I have no notes in front of me. Ben Carson, Mike Pence, the OMB director, Russ Voigt, Sean Spicer. um, Who else? Steve Bannon on the the podcast. Um, Now, of course, we have... Uh, Roger Stone, Paula White was the other week, and I can go on and on. I'm sure I've missed some Kevin McCarthy on the podcast. Look, we're bringing the newsmakers to you. This is where you want to get uh, not only the inside news, the inside scoop, but the real scoop, what they're really thinking, because I don't know, I'm kind of like a nice Jewish boy. You know, I grew up Jewish, so I think they kind of feel comfortable talking to me. And when they feel comfortable talking to me, you actually get what's really going on, which helps not only accuracy, but helps you get a more informed opinion about what's going on. All right. So, once again, we're just the news.com, uh, my podcast. You can subscribe to it on uh, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast. Also, don't forget John Solomon. He has uh, John Solomon Reports podcast there and also Cheryl Atkinson with her podcast as well. I mean, Cheryl's doing great work, John. I mean, th- these are, I mean, Tier A professionals and the fact that I'm I'm even in that same lineup is uh, is saying something, so I, I appreciate it. It's like you have a a filet mignon and you have a, a wonderful uh, I don't know uh, a New York strip as and shrimp and the whole thing and the, and then, then then there's me, you know I'm like uh, you know grilled chicken with vegetables, but hey, at least I'm a meal, and you can find me, and eat some more on justthenews.com. I think I'll stop at this moment. All right, back in a moment with Roger Stone on the pod's honest truth. And welcome back to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our conversation with Roger Stone. I've known Roger Stone for about, I don't know, five, six years or so. Uh, I first got to know him when I was writing my book, The Faith of Donald Trump, co-authored by Scott Lamb. Uh, and he had a lot of great stories because he's known Donald Trump for a very long time. His longtime Trump advisor, confidant, and all of that. So we'll see if the president actually ends up partying him. But that's a whole nother uh, podcast for another time. Anyhow, that's how I got to know him when I was interviewing him for my book. Since then, we've kept in touch. And now time for our interview, Roger Stone on the Pod's Honest Truth. Roger Stone, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you taking the time. Happy uh, to be here. Well, let me ask you, uh, let's start with this. Uh, these articles, Roger Stone and Jesus, you've got to tell me a little bit about uh what was going on in these last, what was it, few months? Take me back, tell me the story. uh, I understand there was a Franklin Graham rally and all of this. Uh, Explain the the kind of the the change in in heart and where you are today from a faith perspective. David, my family and
1: I have been through a very difficult multi-year ordeal, which as you know, by court order, I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, But it's uh, very, very difficult. Uh, And I was having a very hard time dealing with it. Uh, All of the emotions involved, uh, uncertainty, uh, anger, uh, uh, a need to defend yourself, and so on. Uh, And um, I was really, you know, trying to deal with it and having great difficulty. Uh, And then a a friend of mine who I had met at a Trump uh, rally in North Florida, a young, very dynamic, young evangelical minister named Randy Coggins, who's an amazing young man, Mm -hmm. said, You know, um, I really think you should, you need to return to your faith. I was born as a Roman Catholic. I received all my sacraments as a Roman Catholic. Uh, I had Catholic education as a child. uh, And I admit that I had fallen away from the church. I'd stopped going to Mass on Sundays. I had stopped praying. I never stopped believing, but my relationship with God was casual. Uh, and I certainly admit that I had some wilder days. I mean, I was a sinner. We've all sinned. The good yeah. news is we can all get right with God. So um, uh, Randy Coggins uh, was among those who urged me to to seek peace uh, and to receive Jesus as my savior. Uh, uh, Reverend Mark Burns of Easley, South Carolina, who's a, a good friend, but gave me the same spiritual advice. Uh, And then Randy arranged uh, for me to meet uh, and pray with Franklin Graham when uh, his uh, program uh, came to Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, And he was able to uh, arrange uh, a brief amount of private time with Reverend Graham. I had met uh, uh, Franklin Graham's daughter, Sissy, uh, on the Republican circuit, was very impressed with her probably a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. Uh, and I kind of laid my problems out for for uh for Franklin Graham, and I asked for his help, and he essentially said it's not my help you need. Mm. you need god's help you're you're totally capable of doing this yourself. You just need to reach out to God to uh to cleanse your sins to to receive Christ as your savior, and then you you can stop worrying you'll have nothing to worry about because God will always protect you if you put your trust in him. God will always see you through, uh, and it was really solid advice. I was looking for some political fix when what I was really looking for was a spiritual fix. So then um, I attended the the rally, the the revival that um, uh, that Franklin Graham put on, and it was an extraordinary experience. First of all, there had to be two thousand people. Everybody was admitted for free. You just bring your own lawn chair or your own blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh the crowd was uh was I would say one third African American, probably one third Hispanic, uh one third uh white, mostly working class people, uh a lot of uh, Trump hats, a lot of Trump t-shirts. There was clearly, even though this was not a political event, in fact, Reverend Graham led a prayer for Nancy Pelosi uh mm-hmm. at the beginning of the program. Uh but it was a it was a very inspiring experience. It only took about an hour. But then in the period uh, in which uh, Franklin Graham was preaching, uh, we came to a point in his oration, and I'd seen his father twice, by the way. I saw him in a tent revival in Bridgeport, Connecticut in 1968. And he was amazing, absolutely amazing. My grandmother was working as a maid for these very wealthy people in Darien, Connecticut, And the household cook was a woman who was a follower of the Billy Graham crusade. And she asked my parents whether she could take me. I didn't have much interest until I got there. And then I realized it was (laughs) extraordinary. Uh, And then I got to meet Billy Graham again in 1971 when I was working for President Nixon. He was a truly great man and an amazingly charismatic figure. That's not to take anything away from Franklin Graham, who was a powerful speaker. Anyway, we came to the point in the program uh, where he said, you know today it doesn't matter what you have done, whether you've lied, whether you've stolen, whether you've cheated, uh, whether whether it doesn't matter what your sin, how grievous your sin may be. Today is the day that you can cleanse your your soul, that you can that you can get right with God and you can put your future in His hands. And therefore I ask those who want to do this today to rise and and follow me and repeat after me. And I don't know, I felt the calling. Probably 400 other people stood together uh, and we confessed our sins uh, and we got right with Christ. And I have to tell you, it was like a cement block being removed from my chest. I left there with a great feeling of peace. I had to pose for a lot of selfies because I was, thanks to (laughs) CNN, pretty, pretty widely recognized, but it was my honor. Uh, and I have uh, I have uh, been proud to talk about this renewal of my faith. Now I am still a Catholic. I have returned to uh, to St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Fort Lauderdale, where Father Michael Grady has given me very solid spiritual advice. Uh, mm-hmm. Franklin Graham sent me a, a Bible uh, uh, where uh, he had annotated certain sections of the Bible for me to read. Um, I I've, I've really found out, which I never really realized how practical the Bible is. This is not just some history right. book. It doesn't matter what your situation is. There's like solid practical advice throughout the Bible, regardless of what problem you're dealing with. I particularly like the Psalms. Uh, I could probably uh, I could probably read Psalm 91 by memory at this point, but mm-hmm. there are many others. Uh, I'm now just kind of moving into getting a greater knowledge of Proverbs. But uh, this is the greatest decision that I've ever made and I'm very at peace with it now David a lot of people are gonna <laughs> say you know Roger Stone you know the guy's a showman he's a uh, he's a political animal this is a pose this is a head fake this is this is posturing f- to gain public sympathy the old Roger Stone would have been angry about that but I'm mm-hmm. not angry because I really believe that he God, knows what's in my heart he knows whether my my conversion back to my faith is is uh, uh is real or not whether it is whether it is uh uh, uh honest or not and therefore i'm perfectly at peace uh, let those who want to scoff scoff it does not bother me
0: Roger, I want to get to some of that in a moment. Let me clarify a few, not clarify, but let me just understand the timeline. This is all going on when exactly, as it relates to some of what you were going through from a legal perspective. When was this happening specifically?
1: Well, uh, let's see. Uh, This happened uh, prior to my trial, which was Uh on November 20th in Washington, D.C. Uh, I would say about a month prior. um, At at the trial, um, I brought a Bible to the To the courtroom, uh, Mm. and I was consulting the Bible every day. Uh, But I mean, the whole process for me has gone on for well over two years. It's been a tumultuous period that I'm, as you know, not allowed to speak about. Um, But but for anyone who's going through difficulties, particularly now during this time of coronavirus, it really is all in the Bible. It's exactly as Franklin Graham and (laughs) Mark Burns and Andy Coggins and Others told me uh, it's all there. Everything you
0: need to know is there. Roger, I have to ask you. After so you said uh, whatever you want to call it, the sinner's prayer. You were there at that rally with the uh, Frank, the Franklin Graham rally, and then afterwards, did <laughs> did Franklin Graham get uh, win then at that point that you had uh, come to Christ, if you will, at that point, or how did, did did he know about it afterwards? How did that how did that go?
1: Well, first of all, his his organization is extremely uh, well organized. So within days, I got a letter from him telling me that he had noticed that I had witnessed and he sent me the, this beautiful Billy Graham Bible. He had, they give you a Bible uh, and Perfect. they track your information as soon as you have witnessed. Uh, and literally almost every day, somebody from, the, uh, from uh, his ministry sends me a text to see how I'm doing, whether I need to consult uh, a minister or whether I need to attend a meeting uh, I've been going back to my regular church for most of that, but I'm very impressed by their follow through. And I've written back to him. We've had a lively correspondence. Um, I was very upset when they canceled his tour of England. I thought it was very unfair. Some people don't want to. They're afraid to receive the word of Christ. But as for me, I've chosen to walk with the Lord. And has really made my burden so much easier.
0: Yeah, Roger, you asked, you answered the question earlier that I was going to ask about the skeptics out there. Uh, you might imagine, um, don't count me one of those skeptics for sure, 100% changed life for you, for me, and so many of uh, tens of millions of others, hundreds of millions of others, really. Uh, let, let me ask you, though, uh, you, you said you gave your message to what you want to say to those skeptics, but we also know that you know with uh, a rejuvenation, with a with a revival in your life comes a changed life. Do, do you have a sense of a, of a change in, in your life? And if so, um, what are some some tangible, uh, if not evidence, uh, some v- views of that that you see in yourself? Well, for the most difficult
1: thing the Bible tells us, uh, God's most difficult lesson is to forgive those who have trespassed against us. Mm-hmm. That's very hard because I'm a warrior. <laughs> I've been a political warrior all my life. Uh, and I'm still praying for the guidance to do that. I believe I can do that. I have. A, I obviously um, have many uh, that I'm angry about. Uh, it's impossible to go on social media uh, and not read something horrific about me, much of it untrue. I'm not allowed to post on social media, by the way, but I am still obviously allowed to read it. Uh, that's the most difficult thing. But overall, I'm sleeping better uh, until they close the gyms in Florida, I was back in the gym. I'm back to running every day. I feel physically much better, but I feel mentally much better. Uh, I was recently privileged to become a great grandfather for the first time. My new great grandson, Odin uh, Wilder Yates, was born approximately two weeks ago in Akron, Ohio, was the greatest experience of my life. Um, I talked to my granddaughter and her husband about my reaffirmation of my faith in Christ, and I urge them to follow the same route, they've undergone some serious economic problems. The, the Midwest is still in many ways a rust belt. Uh, and of course, now things are compounded uh, by the current crisis. But uh, yeah, I try without being pushy about it. I try to spread God's good word where I see it necessary. It, it has changed my life. You know, I remember when Chuck Colson was convicted in the Watergate matter and he had a prison conversion. And I remember how he was laughed at and ridiculed, how everybody believed it was uh, uh, that it was opposed, that it was a public play for sympathy. Uh, And I also remembered how he went on to build a great prison ministry. Uh, And I got a chance to ask him before his death how it felt when all these people were scoffing at him and ridiculing him, he said it didn't bother him at all because he knew his life's work was now cut out for him and what he was going to do, that he was intent on proving his critics wrong. Well, it's kind of the way I feel.
0: You know, Roger, uh, as we say in uh, evangelical world co- and Catholic, Catholic, you know, covered under the blood, right? I mean, it's all, you know, sins are washed away, 100 million percent on that. Uh, go, going forward, is this an opportunity for you to, to maybe as Chuck Colson did, you know, kind of turn that life around and and, and do something uh, uh continue to do something positive for the, for the Lord as as you as you move on in these years because I, I know you'd be the first one to admit you weren't a boy scout <laughs> growing uh you know throughout a lot a lot of your life and I'm sure there's some regrets there but God doesn't hold that against you so so I'm wondering how you feel about that.
1: Well, look, politics is not being bagged and I've given as good as I've gotten uh <laughs> but I believe I haven't done anything that is outside the norms of my profession. Uh, But that said, um, I'm gonna look at everything now through a different perspective. Um, uh, Am I gonna devote my life to Christ as a full-time preacher? No, I don't think that's my best calling. I wanna get back to trying to save this country. Uh, And I think, uh, obviously, I'm very, very pleased with the leadership of our president. Uh, Look, I knew him uh, in the 80s. Uh, And I think he's a changed man. And I know some people scoff at that, but they're wrong. He's a person of deep faith. Maybe he wasn't always a person of deep faith, but it doesn't matter. Everyone can be redeemed. That's the most important lesson of the Bible. So I don't think he could do this job without the support uh, of all these faith leaders and without a deep belief that he is uh, essentially acting uh, out at God's direction, uh, a direction for the country. It's why he's been so spectacularly successful. So I would like to get back to uh, being able to proselytize for his reelection. Uh, I think it's vitally important, uh, but um, uh, that, those are my immediate plans.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. When you. Just so I, I'm clear, when you say proselytize for his re-election, are there certain things that you would like to do uh, going forward? I mean, obviously, I know you can't talk about the case. We'll see what happens with uh prison and, and all uh, the future, but what, what's your ideal scenario as to what you how you would like to help? Well, uh, look, I'm not looking for a job, if that's what you're asking me. Um, <laughs> i uh, not asking. I, I, I advocated
1: for his uh, election uh, independently in 2016, and I would do so again. Uh, I want to get back to commenting on politics, writing about politics, uh, and having that same kind of impact Um, I do think that the Democratic nominee will be Joe Biden. I think he's a very flawed candidate. But I do think that the Trump campaign should not take anything whatsoever for granted. We now have a a crisis that throws all the cards up in the air. It's a giant question mark. I I just did an interview in which someone asked me, how will this impact the president's reelection?" The truth is, there is no way to know. Anyone who tells you they know is kidding. It's a whole, it's a whole new situation, uh, and uh, I think he's looking at a as, at a competitive and tough reelection that he will, in the end, win. Um, but I do want to be able to uh, do everything I can to make sure he's reelected. It's in my blood, Roger.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Hey, Roger, do you, um, as it relates to President Trump, do you see him as uh, one of these guys for such a time as this that that God has put him in office uh, to? to deal with with everything that's gone on since 2017 when he took office? What's your sense of that from a spiritual perspective?
1: Uh, I actually wrote about this in my book, The Making of the President 2016. Uh, In the 90s, uh, when I was working for Trump uh, as a lobbyist in Washington, DC, dealing with certain currency transaction matters, uh, there was one specific piece of legislation, actually a regulation, That was being finalized that would greatly impact his casino empire. And I really needed him to review the regulations and and either sign off on them or object to them. So I called him uh, from Washington in New York and I said, I really need you to look at these today. I'd like to fly up and see you. And he said, no, I really can't do it today. I'm about to take a helicopter to Atlantic City uh, and I don't have time. And I said, well, the problem is we have a deadline, close business today. I'd really need to go through this with you. He said, I'll tell you what, if you jump on the shuttle and come to New York immediately, I will send the helicopter ahead with my executives and then have them send it back to pick me up. And I will wait for you, but I can only give you about 40 minutes. So I headed directly for the airport. In those days, you had no TSA uh, and the Eastern shuttle ran on the hour. I went directly to his office uh, and uh, was ushered in to see him. And as we were sitting there, his longtime assistant, Norma Federer, who was to become a great friend of mine, came in and mm-hmm. said, Mr. Trump, I have terrible news. He said, what's that? She said, the helicopter we chartered crashed in the Pinelands and everyone aboard was killed. And he took a deep breath and he said, are you absolutely certain? And she said, uh, oh, wait a minute, the superintendent of the New Jersey State Police Colonel Clint Pagano is on the phone for you. Uh, she put him on the speakerphone, and he said, Colonel Pagano. He said, Mr. Trump, I have terrible news. The helicopter with the tail numbers X, Y, and Z crashed in the Pine Lands, and there are no survivors. And he said, are you certain? He said, yes, Mr. Trump, I am absolutely certain. Uh, he then asked uh, Norma Federer for a list of all the wives of the men who had been on that plane and who had perished, And he sat there, which was something I could never have done, and he called each one of them. In many cases, this was the first word they had heard about their deaths of their husbands. Now, what is this story about? I am not saying I saved Donald Trump's life. That's not the point. God saved Donald Trump's life. Why? For some greater purpose. It was that point right then and there that I knew he had been saved for some much larger purpose. It was then that I understood he had to run for president and that the time would come. So yes, I think he was he was put in place by God uh, at the right time uh, for the right reasons. I can tell you, having known him and his family for 40 years, he didn't have to have this. He did not run to be someone. He did not run to become famous. He already was famous. He didn't run for riches. He already had riches. He didn't run because he wanted a great house or a beautiful plane. Uh, he ran because he wants to do something, much like Ronald Reagan. He didn't run because of himself. He ran because of us. And that's why I believe that that he was placed there by God to save this country.
0: Roger, I know you can't talk about the uh, the case, so I'm not going to ask you any questions about that. Uh, and I, kn- I know you've ta- You said you can't ta- discuss this idea of a pardon. I, I am curious when you see on television, some of the media, uh, the, the pontification about whether or not the president should pardon you or not. Well, what do you think of the media's role and what, what they're saying and doing? Can you, can you talk about that? You know, David, I'm going to take a pass other than to okay. say,
1: overall, I find the media extraordinarily uh, irresponsible. Uh, and they say many, many, many things uh, that are not true about the president, about his family, about the country, uh, and so on. Uh, right now, I'm going to keep my prayers to myself. Uh, now is not the time, uh, but I am my I am praying fervently, as is my family. Uh,
0: since you can't talk about your case, can you say anything about how you feel, uh, how do I say this, uh, authorities or the powers that be treated either Michael Flynn or Paul Manafort? Can you say anything about either one of them?
1: Uh, I have great sympathy uh, for General Flynn. Uh, and uh, I'm following the news on a regular basis. Beyond that, I'd really rather not comment.
0: That sounds good. Uh, let me ask you on coronavirus, look, let's just get to, listen, you look great, by the way, you're always in shape for your age. Uh, you're, you're not a spring chicken, though I'm sure you feel one mentally for sure, but you're up there a little bit, uh, and so the question then becomes on coronavirus. Uh, how are you dealing with that aspect of it? And quite frankly, Potential prison life, uh, potential fact that you might have an uncontrollable situation here from a medical standpoint. Uh, I, I, does this? You like to control? You've been in your past. You'd like to control a few things here and there. Uh, how does this make you feel? Are you unsettled about all of this?
1: Uh, no, actually, I'm at peace. But that's because of my uh, my newfound faith in God. What mm. will be, will be. I mm. believe that He will protect me. So I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not. Uh, overwhelmed with worry, worry or anxiety, uh, I, do think, I do think that it is wise to follow the, the rules set out by the president. My wife and I, my wife's a little older than I am. she would kill me if she knew I said that. Uh, but, but we are, we are self-quarantining. Uh, friends have brought us food. Uh, we've been sending out to restaurants or to, to uh, the grocery store we're cooking more than ever before. Uh, It is giving me time to write. Uh, It it kills me that the gyms are not open, that's difficulty, but I'm still getting out to run. So I'm exercising regularly. Gives you a lot of time to read, uh, which I've been doing. Uh, I just think it's wise to follow the guidelines. Um, How serious the problem turns out to be, remains to be seen. I read about it every day, the numbers to me, it seems it seems less serious than the swine flu or previous plagues, but I'm not a scientist, so I don't really know. Beyond that, I don't want to comment uh, on the future, uh, so I'll take a pass.
0: Yeah, better safe than sorry in terms of the guidelines you're saying. Because normally, you're you know the skeptic, and you would say, you know, the media is blowing this all out of proportion. But but you're saying, well, let's just see how this plays out. Uh, Not only
1: that, but I think it is outrageous that the president's being criticized for calling this exactly what it is, a -hmm. Chinese virus. It came from China. There's no no lack of logic there. There's no hate in that statement. That's a factual statement. I also think it's fair to criticize the Chinese government for not being more forthright about this from the beginning. Thank God that the president moved unilaterally to end flights uh, to and from China, or we don't know how much worse this may have been. So uh, I am a skeptic, but I'm going to let it play out. Uh, and uh, I do find comfort watching the president every day because he really looks to me like a man in command of the situation. He'll never satisfy his critics. They will, You know, if, he's, if he cured cancer tomorrow, the headline in The New York Times would be Trump puts doctors out of work.
0: <laughs> that's probably, Roger, that's probably true. Hey, final thoughts from you about uh, where you are spiritually. You talked about it at the top, but just to kind of uh, put a button on it here at the end, for those that are listening to this, that are watching this, uh, that have seen someone like Roger Stone, if you will, who has had a, a, a very a wonderful but interesting life in terms of uh, maybe not being at the top of the Boy Scout list, and here you are. What do you say to those folks?
1: Or oh, that anybody can do what I have done, that, that it doesn't matter how grievous your sins may be, they can be washed away if you will simply accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and follow the Word of God. Can I tell you that I will never sin again? No, of course not. Uh, I'm a mortal, I'm a human. I also understand I can confess my sins and stay right with God, which is my intention. I recommend this to anybody whose life is going through turmoil. Uh, or uncertainty or difficulty. Uh, it has been extraordinarily strengthening. It's given me enormous solace and peace. I'm sleeping well at night. Uh, it, it's all there, folks. You, you, you can do it for yourself. Just do what I did and get right
0: with God. Roger Stone, a pleasure to see you. Uh, Self quarantine there in Florida, but hopefully, uh, I'm sure we'll meet again in person. And it is great to see you again, sir.
1: I appreciate this opportunity to spread God's good word. Thank you, David. Thanks, Rob. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
0: That is Roger Stone on the Pod's Honest Truth. Appreciate Roger taking the time to talk to me from his home in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Look, I know, I get it. There are going to be skeptics who say, give me a break. You really going to believe this? And the answer is, you know what? God is a God of miracles. And I will tell you also something else, that we're going to get to heaven and we're going to look around heaven and go, where's that person? Why isn't that person there? And then we're also going to be at heaven and look and go, how in the world did that person get in? Here's the point. God knows. We don't. God judges the heart. We don't. Let's remember that. Also, if, if I can go biblical for a moment, because this is, this is the pod's honest truth, as in we do intersect faith, politics, culture. And yes, we'll read from the Bible. And I, I apologize to all the Bible naysayers out there. But you know, in the Bible, John three sixteen. let me read it to you. And I want you to listen really closely. This is the quote. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish. Have eternal life. Now, I'm going to read that again, and let me just double check something in my, my, my Bible here. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, except for Roger Stone, believes... No, it doesn't say that. That whoever, except for Donald Trump... No, it doesn't say that either. Hmm. No, it says whoever. That's right. I'm reading this correctly. Whoever believes in him Shall not perish, but have eternal life. The last time I checked, whoever includes you, it includes me, includes Donald Trump. It includes Roger Stone. That's the promise, and that's God's grace. Are you going to be the judge? No. Am I going to be the judge? No. Is Roger Stone going to be his own judge? Absolutely not. God will judge Roger Stone. He'll judge me. He'll judge you. But guess what? Here's the beauty of it all. God's not going to judge you for your past sins. I mean, I'm going into preacher mode here. Let me let me go. I feel like I'm channeling my inner Paula White here. But the bottom line is, is that God will not judge us for past sins as long as we put our faith, trust, hope in him, and truly believe that he is the one and only true God. Till next time on The Pod's Honest Truth.